Hello, you're listening to All Bases Covered, a podcast helping you navigate the beauty industry and cut through the bullshit. Welcome back to week two of 2020, episode 27. It is episode 27. Oh my God. This Guys. is our Ask Me Anything episode. Yes. AMA. We're a Reddit <laughs> ask, thread. Ask anything. AUM. AUM. Ask us anything. AUM. 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 I don't know. So when we were on our break for the holidays, we asked you guys if there's anything that you want to learn about us because... We have sort of talked about who we are and like our story along the way, but if you haven't listened to every episode and if you couldn't stand listening to the first few episodes where we weren't very good at fixing the laughter, yeah, this is a good chance for you to get to know us a little bit better. Yeah, mm-hmm. new year, new us. <laughs> jinx, jinx. That was awesome because I was looking at my phone, so I didn't even see your lips move. <laughs> There's right. also a couple of random questions about like beauty stuff. Yep. So it would be like Laquo style, Laquo esque. Yeah, yeah. Laquo esque. Laquesque. Love this for us. All right. Let's kick it off with how did we meet? I feel like this is an important one to set the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go? How long ago was it now? Almost six years. It must be six. Five or six. No, it's five and a half. We met April 2014, I think. Wow. was it? Yeah. Guys, it's almost our six year anniversary. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, Our anniversary. Yeah. And we met in a, a training room because we were all hired to work at a Mecca Maxima at yeah. the same time. Yeah. yeah. So fun. So, so fun. fun. Those were the days. I was thinking yesterday about like how fate brings people together. Brings people together mm-hmm. because this was a time in beauty where there was a Nothing. sprinkling of Mecca Cosmeticas around. Yep. There was yep. only like Two? There was only Melbourne Central Maxima. There was only Southland. One. Oh, Southland. Southland. That's it. There was two. There yeah. was two Mecca Maximas yeah. at the time. And it was a big hire because they were opening a couple of Mecca Maximas. Yeah. And so they hired from all over. They hired for High Point, Melbourne. for Doncaster, yeah. for... Where else was there? Um, oh, I don't remember. No, it was High Point, Doncaster, and Southland. They did a little bit of a rehire. They did a little bit of rehire. And for some ungodly reason... Oh, and Southside, Melbourne Central. They yeah. hired more for there. Southside Laws got yeah. hired at Doncaster with the Eastern Burbs, <laughs> yeah. us girls. And that's how our paths crossed, even yeah. though we live so far away from each other. Literally. <laughs> literally. I didn't even know where Monturna South was when I met Lisa. Oh, yeah. I literally had never Just been to Doncaster in my entire we life. We worked at Doncaster, and for anyone's information, it used to take me 13 minutes from my house to <laughs> Doncaster. Actually, no, sorry, 16. 16 minutes from Monturna South to Doncaster, and everyone that I worked with goes, Where's that? I'm like, oh, shut it's up. It's because we're <laughs> stupid eastern, inner eastern suburb. When you live in the eastern suburbs, you ne- <laughs> Ringwood was ringworm and you never went through the yes. tunnel. That's just how it was. And yes. this, there was really no other way to get to the eastern suburbs unless you were going through the tunnel. Except I, so, I don't know, every other road that took you there. Yeah, but no one bothered with that. It took too long. The only other road we ever took was Borogal Road to get to Chadston, and that was on the other side. So okay. I yeah. literally, well, I lived an hour away. No one knew where I lived. Um, I, I knew where knew you no lived because I'm on the weird cusp of southeast. You are on the weird yeah. cusp. I'm very southeast. Um, I just remember being in store and people, you'd be like, oh, what suburb do you live in? And they'd tell me all these suburbs, and I'd be like, I've never fucking heard of that. I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably here when yeah. I go, 
when I used to go through all of the beauty lip profiles and, it and was everything spelled wrong, so fucked up. It'd be me. Like, Warren died one word or two. <laughs> <laughs> that would one thousand percent have been me. <laughs> I'd pretty much never been to the eastern side. You know, everyone in the southeast is in a bubble. You're like, let's go to. St Kilda and everyone else in all of Melbourne's like no it's so far away we hate St like Kilda Allot Park like Ormond anywhere it's like yeah St Kilda and it's like, like five no. minutes away oh my god St Kilda <laughs> is there is not one place in Melbourne that I would least prefer to go to than St Kilda. Literally. It's so far away. You just I really don't like St Kilda. No, Tullamarine. Oh. <laughs> Even still, there's a free way to get there. You don't have to sit in the worst traffic ever if you go at the right time of day. St Kilda is just a pit of hell to get to. You have to cross the freaking M1 and you have to cross the river and like, oh. St anyway. Kilda takes me about eight minutes. For everyone who's to. not from Melbourne, this is Sorry very boring. Anyway, yeah. anyway, that just lets you know that it's weird that we all grew like met. from very different yeah. areas of Melbourne who don't cross bubbles. Um, but we met. And Lauren, what was your background before you got a job at Mecca? I remember Why? she worked at Pilgrim. She was working at Pilgrim. and well, she, she didn't was... work at Pilgrim. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Close. I worked, so um, I... Oh, what was it? It was the other one. The other basic clothing one. No, you never would have heard of them. So I started working at Mecca pretty much just as I got back from living in the US. Mm, so yes. um, before that, I had been working as a manager at Palace Cinemas. Yes. Wow. Brighton. Then I came back and I was working at Palace on and off, but I was also working at Phase 8. Yeah, Phase David 8. David Jones, That's Burke right. Street. When yes. Phase 8 first opened, it was their first store in Australia. Yes. And, and it was, was my like first, like, clothing it was shop. random. It was, yeah. like, my first foray into retail. And I was, I only ended up being there for, like, two months because I quit when I Had went to Mecca. Had you done any beauty before Mecca? Or was Mecca your first beauty? Like Mecca was my first beauty, but, like, wow. I was the beauty junkie like yeah, I yeah, was obsessed yeah. as we all were yeah I mean yeah. I definitely wasn't as obsessed with high-end cos when I started at Mecca I, I was cos only yeah 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 so. I'd like only just bought my very first like NARS and benefit products when I got the job at Mecca which was weird that is weird and we'll go into Korea stuff yeah. later because I think that was a question Lisa <laughs> you'd were you'd already studied as a makeup artist when you got the job at Mecca right yeah I yeah. just finished yeah yeah so yes. you were probably, you were the most qualified of all of us to actually yeah, be there. Really. Yeah, but no retail experience. Oh, none. Not proper. Wow. Oh, actually, no, yes, I had. Yes, I had. Just wasn't very good at those jobs. Ha <laughs> 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 um, And I remember, was it a bit of a slow burn? Because I literally remember us like in the training room because we did like this intense like you and I weren't a slow burn yeah we no. were tight really, really really quickly we showed each other photos of our dogs that looked similar <laughs> and were like old and cute and I was like this chick we're, yeah. we're together and Brenton used to be like your work wife and I'd be like that's yes. me <laughs> yes and I remember that I Lisa and I connected even though you thought I was a bitch because I just think you're a bitch because you're loud and obnoxious and outgoing yes. you're not obnoxious so, you're yeah. just outgoing and I hate people that and are outgoing. really confident to ask questions in these yeah. training sessions with people who are really into intimidating and very smart and also you're like you two are like two of my most extroverted friends but you're extroverted in a different way yeah like I don't know you're confident in social situations Alex I'm really shy you're shy but then can be extroverted and I'm the same I'm an extroverted introvert so like I don't go out of my way to make friends you introduce yourself to me Loz and then once I know someone then I'll tell you everything about yeah. whatever and if you give me like eight to nine drinks then I'm an extrovert yeah. but mm. no I'm an ENFJ and a Sagittarius which basically means that I'm the most confident loud annoying person oh my God. in every room well anyone who knows Myers-Briggs <laughs> I'm an ESFP 
I'm, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know what I am. I've done mm. it like a hundred times. I can never remember the letters. I'll do it. I'll do, do it. Do it. Do it and let us know. Yeah. So, yeah, we met in training and then we all, like we said, happened to work in the same store together. Wait, why did why grow on you? Why did we grow you on said, each other? You said... Oh, we knew each other. We knew... We had mutual friends. We knew Laura... And Jackie. Like, and you Jackie. knew of Jackie yeah. and, like private school bubble we had the similar private school bubble crossover yes. that's what like brought us together yes. i think and then very very early into our friendship we realized that we had all of the same jewelry and that we wanted the exact same wedding ring yes that's right yeah. I, remember, I was like i found like this is the engagement ring that i wanted or it was the no, other way it around be- it was before you were even like remotely going to get engaged and it was like yeah. what's your dream one and you like had a screenshot and i was like BRB gets phone had the same screen. I know. <laughs> we were like, this is fucking weird. Yes. And yeah. then from that moment, I don't remember when we just became the same person. I, interestingly, I felt like, um, for some reason, I was really intimidated to be around you for oh, a really long time. So what, were you? Yes. No. Because I feel like you are like one of the only people where I could tell. Like, I know I'd be like, Lois would never be intimidated by me. But anyone that ever meets me is like, I thought you were a bitch when I first met you. You were really scary. I thought you were really rude. I'm like, no, Fuck. I didn't think you were scary. For some reason, I just got like, I felt like I stumbled over my words every time I spoke to you. And I was like, why am I so nervous to be around Lois all the time? This is weird. And that's just how I felt for a really long time. And then when I left Mecca, because I think I was the first one out of all of us to leave. Yeah, you were. When I left, we didn't see each other. But we stayed connected. We text. We used to text all the time, and then eventually, like because we had what? cheese nights, we would catch up occasionally, and then it sort of merged into a little bit more of a friendship oh. than like just a text ship. We really? definitely didn't speak that often no. after I moved stores. No, so I moved back towards the south because Doncaster was so far away from me. Yeah, um, but I still would kind of randomly do shifts. Yes, pretty much all over the state. <laughs> all the time. It was really random. Um, so I didn't see you as much. No, Lisa kept us together. We did yeah. dumplings a few times. And we then, did. We used to do dumplings quite a bit. And then we, you moved to the UK. And that I was it. Okay. We planned a beauty brand, which we never yeah. launched. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the story of us. And yeah. then this... It's so weird. I don't remember you being my people. And now, like, what would I do without you? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. And then this podcast kind of came about because I got married and then I was bored. And Mm. I was like, what am I doing with my life? I have no hobby. I have no goals. Hobbies are expensive. And Lisa was like, I want to promote my makeup services more. Like her makeup artistry, like... Well, I had an existential crisis because I was like, I did seven years of uni. I have three degrees. And turns out I just want to fucking... Do makeup. Dabble with makeup for the rest of my life. So I should probably throw myself at it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And then we were like, let's start a podcast. Let's just fucking do it. And then we were like, Lauren, you're starting a podcast with us. (laughs) She was like, I'm really busy. Can't hear you. Okay, whatever. I'll be there. (laughs) We were like, just come to Lisa's house on this day. And then we sat down. Oh my god, our very first episode. I don't know if we've talked about this. We tried to record oh my under god. a doona yeah. in Lisa's spare room because it was a, we picked an empty room that had mirrored wardrobes, which was like the stupidest well, idea ever. To be fair, we never would have known. And also, when we first started talking about this podcast, I was like, this is never going to happen. Like, I'm just going to go hang out with you guys for a bit yeah. and have a fun night. <laughs> and then, like, it was just kind of... And then we committed you. Just kind of happened, which, as I say quite often, this is the longest committed relationship I've ever had. So, um... <laughs> 
It's a lot. And then we had to scrap that episode fully because I think the sound was bad, but oh, no, we lost to, it. No, or... I tried to edit it and mm. it was so fucking boring that I fell asleep and I was like, we can't upload it. We tried to, <laughs> we tried to script it. We tried to script it too much. And like we were, we tried to record the, in, the same intro like 85 yeah. times. We were so worried about our yeah. tagline. Also, we kept talking over each other constantly. Yes. Yeah. Still we, do, but in a cuter way. In a cuter way. <laughs> yeah. We kind of try not do it as much now. Like we watch each other before yeah. we start to speak, but it was really bad that first day. We talked about some good stuff, but yeah, it was absolutely woeful to listen to. So yeah. then, yeah. and then fast forward 27 episodes and now we're here. Mm-hmm. This actually is a really good segue into Jacinta's question, which was, what does it take to do a podcast and what didn't you expect when you started? Shout out to Jacinta. She asked so many good questions. Really relevant, great questions. Mm-hmm. Repeat the question. What does it take to do a podcast mm-hmm. and what didn't you expect when you started? Well, what does it take? Nothing. Voices and a microphone and a but computer. Time. time. It does take time. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. We didn't really... I didn't, and we didn't know if it was just us, but we spoke to Jackie, who's featured on this yeah. podcast, um, because she just started her own podcast around a similar time. And we were like, how long does it take you to edit? And Lisa was like, eight hours, like yeah. at least. And Jackie was like, oh my God, same. Thank mm. God. Because yeah. no one talked about how long it takes to edit. And also we're kind of perfectionists. Like we have tried to cut out as many ums and ahs and pauses and stumbles where we can. Whereas a lot of other, I guess people when they start are a professionals who are really good at speaking without Mm -hmm. mumbling or yeah, don't cut out that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then it took us a while to figure out how to get the laughs down as well. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So there's like the sound editing as well as the content editing. And then there's all of the stuff about like, it used to take me hours to find little things to to edit in. Yeah. yeah. Like all of those little stupid sound effects took hours and I would find them from like YouTube videos and stuff like that and then have to convert them to MP3 and then edit them out and then stick them in. And oh yeah. my God, it took so also, long. Also, we, we're that. using Audacity in the beginning mm-hmm. to record and edit. And it's the it's not the worst program ever. It's really great and it's free. But it crashed all the time. Yeah, yeah. So we were losing whole episodes. Yeah. We were losing yeah. like countless hours of editing mm-hmm. right at the last minute. And it was just soul crushing. It so, was destroying. Yeah, we've yeah. had to we've had to up our game as we go. And we were borrowing a microphone in the beginning. We were borrowing Jackie's microphone until Jackie yeah. wanted to record a podcast, at which point Lisa's mum very kindly bought us a so microphone. Really, so really beautiful cute. and so supportive. Yeah. Things I can't even get my family to subscribe and write. <laughs> um, uh, but realistically, what does it take? It takes about three hours in the week for us to record. Yeah. Um, you know, meet, go through what we want to talk about, do a quick plan, record. Yeah. And then it takes between four to seven Four to six, we're getting down. Yeah. Uh, for me to sort of edit, yeah. and then the girls will then spend an extra hour and plus listening. each listening, mm-hmm. and then doing final tweaks. Yeah. And then also taking into account the hour to two hours it takes to do all of the links, the description, the photography, and then Alex takes yeah. about an hour or two. I don't know how long it takes yeah, to do the depends. photos. Yeah. So all up, it would be probably what at least sixteen hours divided between the three of us work. It's got to yeah. be yeah. It's probably a day of our week between us yes, like yeah. we're lucky that there's three but at the same time it like it has its positives and its negatives because it means that there's more reliance on each other to help out which can take more time if someone's busy yeah. um, and you don't want to commit you know your whole day to doing it so you wait for somebody else to like fill in a gap and yeah it's definitely it's a test of a friendship that's for sure because yes. it can be exhausting at times yeah and, and there are weeks where sometimes like one of us has to pull more weight than the other yeah. If, yeah. you know someone's away or busy or whatever it yeah. might be so yeah. yeah and there's also the fact that there's three three of us means that it's 
can be really hard to schedule and mm. then trying to take into account uh, this is not a guest podcast but occasionally we have guests trying to schedule four different people yeah. in to create something like on a weekly three on a weekly basis and then just four people in the same room at the same time it's ridiculous really hard. hard and we work different schedules I work weekends, Loz works some weekends, Alex doesn't work weekends. We've got like the Monday to Friday and then we've got Loz who's like Monday to Sunday and then we've got <laughs> me who does like a Saturday to Thursday roster. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it is tough. So it's I guess tough. what we didn't expect possibly is how much time it would take us. I think mm. we just thought it was going to be an hour of recording and yeah, then wham, much bam, done. we're done, upload it. Yeah, mm-hmm. No, no, that's um, not what it is. Yeah, but aside from that, I kind of treat it like a job now, like an unpaid yeah, job. Like we I, do. I allot half a day on my weekend yeah. to dedicate to the podcast, which yeah. I didn't think would be a required thing, but definitely is. Yeah, yeah, I think that definitely in the beginning it took us way longer as well. Like Adrian mm. noted the other day, he was like, you guys have this sort of down to an art now where you know your editing schedule, your, you know, when you need to take a photo, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So we're definitely yeah. more attuned with each other. Um, and we know exactly what we need to do and when it needs to be done and yeah. everything like that. We're getting better and faster. And I think that for us, not that we ever expected to get paid for it or anything, but I think dedicating a lot of time to something when you're not getting any monetary reward is difficult for us too, which is yeah. why like everybody's feedback means so much to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally the only reason the only we keep thing. going. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than the fact that, I mean, yeah, it's a hobby and it's fun, but the consistency is difficult. So it's, true. it's the feedback and you guys listening and yeah, letting us know that keeps the consistency up. Yeah, there's yes. definitely some days when you're stressed, you have so much to do, you're working oh God, yeah. and you're like, why am I doing this? Yeah, like you wake up at six o'clock in the morning to sit on your ass and listen to a podcast for yes. an hour because when you're, you know, 46 minutes deep and someone farts and you're like, shit, I need to remember what time that was so we can yeah. edit it out so people don't know that we're disgusting. Like, <laughs> like that's shit that you just have to be like consciously aware of and it does take time. So yeah, yeah. we do it. It's a labor of love for sure at the moment. Love. And then I think back and I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm forced to spend a week a day a week with people or else I would do nothing with my life. And then like, I'm thankful for that because we have forced socialization every we week, do. which is so nice as and well. And also like for me, I really like that it keeps me up. Look, not doesn't keep me up to date with the beauty industry because I always was up to date, but it gives me something to think about during the yeah. week when I'm yeah. like scrolling through Instagram and I'm like, Oh, that's content. Like, yes. Yeah. It means that I can count my random pointless scrolling as like research yeah (laughs) and like one day my obsessive purchasing as tax deduction (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) that's a very far away um thought but yeah i agree it also gives me a reason to leave work yeah Yeah. (laughs) because i have youtube being like go home please leave we need to go to sleep we've cooked dinner and we're waiting for you (laughs) literally yeah (laughs) so i think that's kind of it yeah and what does it take we've kind of covered not much um there is a little bit of a cost obviously involved with the like equipment like you need a microphone that's going to be good enough and also if you upload a certain amount of content per month you have to pay for a platform so we pay for a platform to host our podcast as well because otherwise Mm -hmm. no one would ever hear us no yeah not to mention also the fact that we have to buy things for oh, yeah. product yes. trial of the week. We never think about that because yeah. we just buy shit all the time because we're obsessed. But, yeah, we buy a lot of 
well, we buy all of the product trials of the week. And yeah. We try and share them around, though. So, like, we each buy them and then, like, split it and, like, use it. And, and we might trial it for a few weeks, like, before yeah. you guys hear that we've been trialing it kind of thing. Yeah. It's so hard not to talk about how much you hate a product with somebody when you try it. Yes. You have to push through trying it for a week. Oh, my God. Just to be fair, it's, like, quite typical not to talk about things in general that we want to talk about on the pod. Like, if, like, oh. snacks or, like, things yeah. that have happened and in every news week. and you want to talk about it and Lisa's like, don't say anything! And you're like, hop <laughs> Every week we like start before we even start recording, we sit down and we're we just like chatting and then it's like, oh my god, did you see about this? And we get like a minute deep and yeah. then we're like, oh my god, save it for the pod. Like yeah. so that yeah. we can keep the conversation. We can't talk anymore except it's really homewares and like Because this yeah. is Dogs. what our conversations are anyway. Like the yeah. pod is pretty much how we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. We and that's why you say it feels like hanging out with friends. Because we, we are, are your friends. <laughs> Rolly.mag wants to know. I'm gonna add words to make this make sense what it's like working in the beauty industry oh um i can't really speak to that anymore but when i did work in the beauty industry it was still pretty fresh so i think that like i feel like the beauty surge was sort of just starting Mm -hmm. to really take off when i started working in the beauty industry so i think that it was a nice time where Mm. people relied on people in store for advice on things whereas i think now it's shifted a little bit so i can't really talk to it anymore yeah. It's definitely a place where you have to watch what you say. I think that because the beauty community is so small, there's a lot of people that like get cancelled and all that yeah. kind of stuff or like get called out for saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. So I think that you have to be a little bit mindful of every opinion that you put out there. Yeah. Because beauty is so personal and subjective and people get really offended by it. Yeah, they do. Hmm. Well, as you've worked in the beauty industry on a different side to me, I'll speak yeah. from... Uh, artist artist Mm -hmm. and like retail side I would say from like a retail beauty side it's nice in that you're regarded as an expert like if you work at Bunnings no one thinks that you're a fucking carpenter working at Bunnings I do it's gonna give you advice (laughs) you know what I mean I I like it's like a trade that you're working and people respect your opinion yeah however that's changing as every 12 year old with a Mm. wi-fi device thinks that they are an expert but there there still is that element of like trust and rapport that you can build with a customer and expertise that you can relay yeah it's not happening so much now with makeup because everyone thinks they're a fucking expert by the way you're not um (laughs) i used but with skincare Mm. people still very much respect your opinion true I used to love um, the side of the beauty industry that is like making other people feel good. Like it's one of my love languages that I like acts of service and like helping people. And I think that if I wasn't working, I don't know if this is one of the questions, but I think if I wasn't working in the job that I currently have, Mm -hmm. I definitely would do something more service based because I just get so much pleasure out of making people feel nice. You know what though? That literally used to be the best part of it. If you did like a makeup application or something and you saw a girl come in and you'd be talking to her about what she wanted to look like and all she would do would tell you about the things that she didn't like on her face and how she wanted to cover them and then seeing the way that they look at themselves after is such a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really nice just to help people spend their money. Like how good do you feel when you spend your damn money and you spend it on stuff that you like and it's Mm -hmm. like so self-indulgent? Yeah. Um, I was listening to a video with Sally Hughes who's like a very famous beauty journalist and she was saying like no one gets angry at men for like spending money on cars and all the shit that they do. Mm. But they're like, oh, silly little girl with her silly little pretty things. And it's Mm. like, no. Like I'll spend my money on what I want and I'm going to spend it on shit that makes me look good and 
feel good. Yeah. And you might think that's pointless, but I fucking love it. And I yeah. kind of like that you think it's useless because like dicks on you. You don't know what it's like to pamper yourself. You don't know <laughs> what it's like to make your brows look great. And I walk out feeling great every day when I could feel like shit. Mm-hmm. And you're missing out. Also, Sam, it's like, I feel like everybody who didn't get into beauty and skincare young has missed now, out at this yeah. point because they're all like, help me. I need help. I'm starting to look old. And it's like, mm-hmm, too late. Yeah. yeah. Although like, they don't care and like, good on them. Yeah. That's like, true. Sorry, it's I'm different. not you. Yeah. They do start to care. So one of my best friends actually, last week we just went to a store and I completely overhauled her skincare routine because she wasn't even cleansing her face at the end of the day. And I was like... You're my best friend. Like, Try harder, please. <laughs> and then she messaged me literally yesterday and she's like, my life has changed. My skin feels amazing. Yeah. I feel so good. Like I can see a visible difference yeah. in my skin. And I was like, I told you you should have done this 10 years ago. They talk about Yeah, it's and your moment. They talk about how people who have acne or skin concerns, like it actually, in, like the rate of depression increases for people if they don't feel confident about their skin. And I think that, that says so much about why we should look after ourselves because looking yeah. after ourselves on the outside helps with our mental health as well. Mm. 100%. And I think as well, just from, I mean, earlier this year, I had a lot of issues with eczema mm. and I also had a lot of issues with acne, which is something that I've never really had previously. And it knocks your confidence mm. so much. And I mean, Lisa, I was messaging you probably daily being like, this isn't working. What do I do mm. now? How do I fix it? What yeah. do I do? How can I help it? But that's when you seek an expert. And yeah, you go to those people and then you have people, very fragile little people in your hands. So you have to like you help have to them. Be so careful. Yeah. They're like baby birds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I will feed you. <laughs> um, from another, I guess if we're in a very post Estee Laundry time right now, mm. but from working in the industry, I will say as a ugh, white oh. bread, white female, mm-hmm. I've been very lucky in that I've had nothing but pretty good experiences. Maybe the odd... Yeah. If you manage it here and there, but the yeah. girls I've worked with, like you think it would be catty, I guess, because it's a largely female dominated yeah. industry. I've made some of the best friends ever while working there. A huge group of my friends uh, that I've met uh, while working in the beauty industry. And I think it's quite a supportive environment. Yeah. And I think people often make this comparison, but it's way more inclusive and fun and carefree than fashion. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that with any industry, there are people who maybe aren't there for the right reasons or who don't make the most of you know their career or their the friendships that they make and mm. that kind of thing. But I think mm-hmm. that comes with every job. And yeah. I think that particularly possibly working in beauty retail maybe attracts more people because retail just has that. Um, but yeah, I think that overall, I mean, it is what you make it. And also, I do think that you're a strong person who holds their own leases, so I don't feel like you would be subject to bullying. Yeah, true. Mark, as like, much as other off. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fucked. <laughs> totally. God, HR. <laughs> um, in terms of working with other artists as well, like, I've had other makeup artists call me and be like, hey, I stalked your Instagram, or like, a friend of a friend knows you, your style's similar to me. Oh my God, could you assist me? Could you take this client? Like, yeah. I think. Um, Oh my God. And when I was a working artist, I used to do it all the time. I was like, this person can do you or like, I'm busy, but I can refer you to this person. And I think that if you've got a good network. Yeah. It's, I think the, like, yeah, freelance, there's lots of like, you know, strong women that are trying to do their own business thing at the moment. Mm. And I think instead of tearing them down, they are, it's a pretty good community. Oh my God. There's room for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Everyone people realize that. Yeah. They're like, Lisa wants makeup. Oh my god, yeah, she does no makeup. And then I'm like, this chick. Oh, you want a lot? Go to her. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have enough makeup in my whole kit to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so true. 
Loz, what's your perspective? Um, yeah, I think... You've got cross-continental. I've got cross-continental, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I've got, I mean, retail side as well. Mm. Um, beauty is intense to work in. It's very high-pressured. Mm. It's stressful. But I think that a lot of businesses are. I think the one thing, especially working in a retailer, any retailer, whether it's in the UK or Australia, is that... It never ends. Like one yeah. thing happens and the next thing well, happens. And beauty's turned into like an FMCG industry, like a fast-moving consumer goods, yeah. like what a supermarket is basically, yeah. as opposed to possibly how it used to be, mm-hmm. where it was more luxury mm-hmm. purchases. Like mm-hmm. back in the day when it was just Meyer and David Jones, I would say it was less FMCG than it is now. So yeah, for sure, it's never ending. It's never ending, and I think that there's so many brands in the market. It's it's really saturated. So um, it's difficult to find the really good ones and find who you want to invest in. Mm. But like you were saying, Lisa, I don't think that it's a caddy environment at all, which is something that I've been asked multiple times. And it's something that a lot of my male friends and family members yeah. make assumptions about. Like they regularly say, oh, it's such a caddy environment. And I'm like, who who's told you that it's caddy? <laughs> because it's obviously not you that's working there. Yeah, I cannot seeing the praises of the women who I've worked with yeah. enough. I think that two women in particular who I worked with in the UK, I'm everything because of them. Um, I've progressed as quickly as I have purely because of them. Yeah. And they're amazing. And I couldn't have done that without them. I think that female led business places are an amazing place to be. And yeah. I'm lucky enough to work under like female management. And I think that if you have the right supportive people who lift you up, which is the whole purpose of management in the first place, then you're going to be in a good place. I just think that any industry has catty, bitchy people if yeah. you want to seek them out. I agree. Or if you I let them have airtime, and that's, again, up to management. Yeah, for sure. Mm. What else would I say? Do you miss the, do you miss the shop floor? I do. No. <laughs> Take me back. I don't miss the shop floor at all. But, I but think... most people don't, like, whether you work in fucking footwear... You know what I miss? Beauty. No one misses retail. No. Everyone hates retail except for me and Alex. Oh my god. <laughs> I could work retail for the rest of my life. The only thing that got me was I didn't like my feet would hurt. I get I would get swollen legs as well. Yeah. That was the only thing that put me off, but I loved it. The yeah. thing that I miss is that okay. at the end of the day when I went home that the day was Nothing. over and I didn't have mm. to stress. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. That's definitely not my life anymore. And that doesn't but that doesn't apply to like Managers. management or anyone other than like just basically it's true yeah. yeah it's true i miss that i miss that level of separation and not feeling so extremely invested mm-hmm. in general i love beauty i cannot i can't really imagine working in another industry which is a little bit scary because it is so small so it's like do you stay at one company for the rest of your life or like mm. yeah it's a bit weird um yeah. for me we'll have hover cars then it's fine yeah it's fine <laughs> you'll be able to hover interstate or yeah. internationally to work at another job <laughs> i hover back to london You're just kidding. can't get a visa um <laughs> but yeah i love it i love beauty it's fast it's intense but in general it's really supportive and it's fun it's very fun it's really fun if you're passionate about beauty it's a um, i mean the beauty industry is a great the great a great place to be yeah. it's true i mm. the newness will never tie me i will never stop getting excited oh God, when never, i see something ever 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 oh opening stock boxes was my favorite time of every single day just to be like oh yeah what this? you know what i do miss about working on the floor is getting excited when customers get to see a product because for me i've seen it for six months how good was it 
when you did like a changeover because they used to happen very rarely back in the day. You'd do like a quarterly changeover. Yeah. How good was it when you did a changeover and those first few customers who were diehard like yeah. Nas fans or whatever yeah. would come in and know exactly what they wanted and pick up their products and you were like, yes, girl, you are yes. speaking my language. I'll never forget when we launched, um, when we were all at Mecca and we launched Urban Decay. Oh. And the pandemonium that happened for that. It was like worse than Boxing so Day. Yeah. much electric palette on my eyes. Oh my like God. Months. I was oh like, God. I was like a purple and pink I know. It dream. was such a big moment for like Australian beauty. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. We, that doesn't, that has sort of died. Like y- you miss it, but it, that's, that same experience doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, no, no. There's too much. Yeah. There's too much. All right. Oh, you know what? Will, you know when that will happen again? When Glossier comes to Australia. That'll be the well, next. Well, it kind of happened with Morphe. Yeah. Yeah, actually, did, yeah, didn't that's it? that's true. Yeah. Pretty big. Mm. Colourpop. Milk. Oh, milk would yeah, be great. Milk would be great. Jackie Alexander wants to know, why can't I afford the mare? Unsure, Jackie, but well, you Jackie, are you're not influencing hard enough. So, yeah, influence harder. And then she says, <laughs> oh my God, she's just... She's, she's is the mayor all it's talked up to be, or is there an even better option? What about the um Ali, the one that Victoria Beckham's just done, Augustine, Augustine Bader? Yes, yeah. my girlfriend who I work with, who has only just started getting into skincare because of the podcast, she was like, "I want to buy the products from that person," and I was like. Sam, you don't spend your money, like, you don't, whenever she's like, can you recommend me a cleanser? It's always something that's more affordable. Yeah. But she's like, I want that. And I was like, wow, that's the thing that you wow. want? Like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Anyway. I think it definitely is future, like, this really um, advanced technology, which is the way that skincare is going to. Is Maybe we should Le talk Mer? about La Mer and why it's so expensive. Should we talk d- to- save that to another episode, or? No, just do, do a brief, brief thing of it now. Yeah. Okay. Um. So... I don't know how to be brief on this story, but it's really interesting. So essentially... Speak quickly. Double time. (laughs) (laughs) Go really quickly. So Le Maire was founded forever ago and it was by this doctor and he essentially used to make these like potions and sell them and no one knew what was in it. He died and his daughter didn't want this amazing cream to go to waste. Um, Everyone wanted to know what was in it. Everyone was asking for it. That's when I got sold to Estee Lauder. The thing about it is that it has this little potion in it. It's called like the Le Mer Miracle Broth. broth. How it's made is it's kelp in a tank and they play sonic vibrations to it. So yeah, there's ingredients that come out of the kelp when they play these vibrations. It took them years and years and years to get as close to that broth as they possibly could and no one still knows exactly what he used to do because it's not exactly the same wow so, i goosebumps yes yeah, this is why i love yeah, is so expensive because of this broth and it's still made the same way today it is still with kelp it's still with these sonic vib- vibrations so when they get this broth and then they put it in the products it is why it's so expensive it's also expensive because it comes with a little gold spoon and it comes in fancy packages so let's not all pretend that it's about the miracle broth i'm all about unique jazzy research whatnot but the fact that it is three times the price of something like a dr dennis gross or somewhere something else or even like long common those places that have had that big beauty brand research behind them for a long time i think yeah that's great research (laughs) yes if you've got the money it's great but hey, it's not going to make you look 20 when you're 60. And if you haven't got the money to spend on Le Mer, don't spend it on Le Mer. Spend it on one of those brands that has 
research and good ingredients behind it, but is half the price. I agree. Or buy into a Le Mer product that is going to treat you the most. So a serum, yeah. yeah. If that's something that you're looking for, rather than putting it into the cream. But if you are looking yeah. for something that's beautiful, Le Mer creams are phenomenally beautiful I, I love them i do want to say i've tried lumiere products and i never felt like they made such a fantastic difference that i had to incorporate it in my skincare forever but my mum has used the lumiere eye cream for a couple of years now yeah and that's one that she swears by that's yeah. like the one product that she will keep repurchasing because she loves it yeah so i, I think, think that, it yeah depends on the person and i think that lumiere was a used to be very much a department store customer and they love the luxury behind it and the reason that it's packaged like that is because you can't have shitty packaging on a really expensive yeah of course like broth but it's true it does have a little gold spatula in it and it is really expensive spatchy spatch but it's beautiful give it a go if you want to moving right along when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Two people, Harper's Glow and Jacinta Hoffman, want to know how we, like our career pathways, why we got into the jobs that we have, how did we get here from high school to where we are today? Who wants to go first? I'll start because I actually feel like I have a good place to start. Okay. I have up until this current job that I'm in now where I work in non-profit have always worked in beauty um, or have worked on beauty clients doing what I do. And I believe that your goal if you have a goal, you can get there by like whatever you pick as your first career choice. Because once you pick that place, you can leverage that to get to the next place and the next place and the next place. So when I started out, I happened to work. So I worked for the body shop, which wasn't my very first job ever, but it was my first like job in something that I enjoyed. And then I moved working into, I studied marketing, I moved into agency and I started working on like social media accounts for beauty clients because I had that backing in mm-hmm. beauty and then from there, I worked at Priceline. You were doing that before you'd even finished. You haven't talked about your uni degree either. But. Yeah, I didn't finish uni. I, before I finished uni, I decided to cut back to part-time because I was doing an internship for free one day a week. Part-time. And they asked me to go on part-time. Um, and so I... No, full-time. They asked me to start mm. working for them. And so I was like, cool. And I did that. And I stayed studying at uni part-time out of hours so that I could work that first job. Mm-hmm. And then... I ended up quitting there because it was a bit of a toxic work environment and I ended up going full-time at Mecca when I, and then I did like full-time on the floor artistry, then went into management and then left. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then I worked for Priceline and now I work wherever I work at nonprofit at Guide Dogs. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, I think that where you come from helps you get to the next place. So if you want to work in beauty you seek out that low-level job in beauty to help you leverage your knowledge because 
unfortunately with an industry like beauty they look for people with experience and expertise Mm -hmm. if you don't have knowledge about beauty products and you haven't shown that even if you know every beauty encyclopedia in the world it's really difficult to show somebody that if you don't have experience doing it because they just don't trust your expertise Mm -hmm. i think so that's my advice on like what how to get to where you want to go and like where to go kind of thing yeah what was your first job sandwich artist yeah i was a sandwich artist at subway <laughs> i got a job when i my parents like the moment i turned 15 and nine months or whatever it was were like 14 and nine months 14 and nine months were like go and get a job mine were the same and i was like okay and so i became a sandwich artist and then i did that for three years wow. and then i was like this is enough sandwich artistry for me <laughs> i need to move i've on become in gluten intolerant yeah. did you eat so many cookies though no i hated the cookies thank <gasps> god oh, thank i would eat the raw god. cookie dough the frozen cookie dough Mm-mm-mm. really yeah. good Yum. it was really yummy and then yeah but you don't like them when they're cooked no they tasted too they were too sugary for me which i know is bizarre but i didn't like them they're wow. delicious mm. anyway that was kind of yeah career pathway for me Julie Lister, because you've kind of already talked about your makeup yeah. artistry diploma. Yeah, so I... And also your, we know about your multiple degrees, sort yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. So I finished year 12, wanted to work in something that was health-related, wanted to help people like science, that kind of stuff. So I did a Bachelor of Health Science and Arts, which I then transferred into a Bachelor of Psych, finished Psych, did an honours in psych. Then while I was doing my honours in psych is when, oh, and I was working at Boost and then Ikea. Um, <laughs> I'm so envious still that you worked at Ikea. Such a good job. Now. Yeah, I was really bad at it. Like when I worked at Ikea was when I was drunk. Like it was like the year of the 21st and I was like literally drunk four days of the week. And like, <laughs> I can't imagine Lisa so, drunk four days of the so, week. Like, that because you can't drink now. I know. And it was just, I didn't give a fuck. Like so bad. Um, and I was also really, like, I had tonsillitis, like, every fucking day. I was, like, the worst employee. <laughs> um, I think I got, like, yeah, I don't know. I quit. I quit because I was just, like, I'm sick, hungover, and I want to go to 21st. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. So while I was doing my honours project, I was, like, oh, I'm going to do a makeup course. So I did a makeup course. You did You did a makeup course whilst you were doing your honours? Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't that many contact hours. <laughs> and then um, I did that, and then pretty much immediately as I finished that, while I was studying it, someone I was studying with was like, oh, Mecca's hiring. And I applied and I got an interview and I got the job. Yeah. And then I worked at Mecca all through the rest of my studying. And then I sort of stopped while I was doing, I had, was doing my master's in speech pathology and then I had placements on weekends and yeah. that was crazy. And it was just sort of like freelancing and stuff. And then I got a job as a speech pathologist and... Yeah, and just really wasn't enjoying it. And I just had this ex- existential crisis where I was like, fuck, like, I do not dread a day of work going to do a wedding at 5am yeah. or doing makeup or selling product. But I was getting to the stage where I was dreading going to speech. So now I just work at a speech job that I enjoy at a school and I just do a couple of hours a week and it's great and I have great rapport with my clients and yeah, work in beauty retail and, and do a bit of freelance here and there. Not here and there. I do quite a lot. Well, Oz, me. Take us through your life. My life. So I, when I finished high school, I went into doing a Bachelor of Arts. Mm-hmm. So beauty was kind of always the way that I wanted to go. I was an absolute beauty junkie. Did but you I, do journalism? Yes. Yes. So, gonna, that's what I remember you as. Yeah. yeah so I, 
don't know if I'd call myself a journalist. <laughs> I wanted to be a beauty editor. Oh. I was like, I am finishing this. I'm going to move to Sydney. I'm going to be a beauty editor. I'm going to work in a magazine. Essentially, I was going to be Zoe Foster Blake. Yeah. Goals. Goals. So that was going to be me. And I'm as fun as Zoe Foster Blake. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to do. I was doing Bachelor of Arts, studying journalism and psychology, gender studies and sociology. I liked it. I didn't love it. I was a pretty shitty uni student. Oh my god, I was the shittest uni student yeah. ever. Lisa takes I'm the cake the of best hero uni, uni student. student. Yeah. You're like Adrian. You can like you're studious to a fault, and you just absorb information. Mm. If I could do rote learning as a job, yeah. I'd be great. At Adrian it. would be too. The yeah. other day at work, like, there was a girl who's studying OT doing an assignment, and I begged her. I was like, "Please, can I do your assignment?" She was like, no. And I was like, please, I'll just do it. And then I stayed back after work and just finished her assignment. And I was like, God, that was liberating. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you, you were psycho. such different people. I was the opposite. I yeah. just, I failed economics three times to a point where, you, like, I got a letter from the university saying, if you fail one more subject, you will be kicked out of the course. Oh my God. And I was like, oh shit, girls got to try. My, for me, uni was about my social life. And that was the important part of it. See, for me. I'm very different. I'm the type of person who's never really had to try in school and I could... I could uh, breeze could through right. quite easily. Mm. Um, I do all right to like well above average. So I would just not do anything. Yeah. I'm a workaholic. Yes. I've always been a workaholic. Yeah. I worked full time through uni. Um, mm. Yeah. I was one of those. I started working um, when I was at high school. I worked at What's New. Yeah. Um, was my first job. It was great. Selling vibrators. Selling vibrators. 30 year olds. I hated that job more than anything. So I used to work, I used to go to uni during the day and then I'd work at night time at Palace Cinemas. Oh my God. So I was a manager. I used to work five or six days a week. Save like crazy so that I could go to the US and go to college there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So I did that and then I came back and that's when I started working at phase eight and then I went into Mecca and it was always that I wanted to work at Mecca and I would, I had been applying for years. And then as soon as I finished that degree, I decided that I actually saw a job advertised for a beauty buyer and I was like, that's me. Like I should be that person Mm. because I love numbers, but I love beauty and it never really made sense for me that the analytical side of me would be a journalist. So I went back to uni and I did a Bachelor of Business Marketing. And then when I finished that, I worked again on the floor for about six months and saved up. And then I went on a big Euro trip for, I think it was like seven and a half months in total. And then I moved to the UK. And it was the best decision I ever made. Mm. It was really, really hard. Loz had like these ambitions. She was like, I want to work at Ren. I like, she, yeah. you always wanted to work at I was going to work at Ren. And then she got to the UK and like Rent really down. You really struggled to get a yeah. job. Like, let's be honest. You really almost hard. came home without getting a job because yeah. you'd reached a point where you were like, I'm out of fucking money. Yeah. I don't know what to do anymore. I've like, I've applied everywhere. I've worked my ass off to get somewhere and you yeah. didn't get anything. And it then you got a job. I'm like, don't, a job. don't I know what a good manager I was at Palace Cinemas? <laughs> like, I was really good. I was literally like, someone just give me a chance. I will work harder than anyone else mm. here. Um, you got front desk at Space and K, I right? Did. That's right. Yeah. Got front desk. I forgot about that. And then that yeah. got you in the door. And that got me in the door. So I. Because, of course, if yes. I walked up to Lois, she'd be like, hi. She's literally like, funny, yeah, what's your favorite color? Like, hi, tell me everything about you. <laughs> yeah, I am like that. So <laughs> I, I applied for literally every beauty company there is, like, even the ones that I really didn't like that I wanted to work for, and no one would give me any time. Ico offered me a job on the floor as a manager at Harrods, and I was like, this is literally the last thing in the it's entire world that I wanted yeah. to do. I don't want to sell 
only mascaras. <laughs> but also, the money that you make in retail shit, in the yeah. UK, I was like, I cannot sustain myself. I couldn't pay for rent. I couldn't pay for food. Getting in and out mm. to work would have been two and a half hours of work on yeah, the floor to stupid. afford the train ticket. So it just wasn't worth it. Meanwhile, I mean, I, you don't get paid well in retail in Australia, but more than health professionals. Yeah, shockingly <laughs> ridiculous. Got a master's degree. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's insane. So I started working at Space NK on the front desk. I was a receptionist. Again, oh my god, you probably love that job right now. Like, imagine like a nice, stress-free. But you know what? Bored out uh, of my brain. Okay. I don't do well not being busy. Yeah. And I don't do well not having an insane workload in front of me, even Fun though... Fun fact, you also don't do well when you are insanely busy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so just most of the time I just don't do well. I think there's a happy medium that I'm just not quite hitting it, or I'm still quite fresh in my career that I haven't found yeah. my happy medium or yeah. the best way that I should be working. But when I was working on the front desk, I made really good friends with the buying team. Because obviously I was delivering. Yeah, look, I completely weaseled my way in. Yeah. But one of the buyers there um, was a Kiwi, and we had a lot in common. Mm. And then the um, head of buying was ex Mecca. So again, yeah. we had a lot in common. And the weird thing about Space NK is that no one had worked on the shop floor. Oh, okay. So like I was oh. probably the most knowledgeable person about mm. product in yeah. the entire office. So I started kind of working for them, doing their product attribution. So I went through every foundation in the entire business and I attributed it in terms of like what coverage it was, what finish it was, what color yeah. it was for. Oh my God, I would love doing that. Yeah, that look, good. it's fun when you're only doing foundations. It is not fun when you do 9,000 products. It is yeah. a 10-month project, let me tell you. I don't um, like projects that last like longer than an hour, so not for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a really long project. So that's kind of how I started and then there were shifts in the buying team and I got in from there and I was on front desk for six weeks. Oh my god, <laughs> really? was it only six really? weeks? Six oh weeks. my god. So worth it in it the was end. So, it was so worth it. And then from there I just You lost your visa. Mm-hmm. And I worked really hard and I moved my way up. And that's the only way to do it in buying is to just literally Hustle. work harder than everyone else. Work and hard until you die. Work longer than everyone else. The one thing that I will say about buying is that a lot of people have asked me questions in terms of should I be a buyer? Blah, blah, blah. There is a very special person who will be a buyer mm. and they're the person who will work themselves to the ground. And if you won't do that, you can, you, you shouldn't yeah. be one. You probably don't want to be a buyer and want a family. No. Well, I mean, you can, but there's very few who come back. And if they do, it's part time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's Anyone... a level of buying that you can achieve if you yeah. have a work life balance, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Merchandise. Um, in general, it's, Beautiful, the cute little birds bird now. noises in this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> ambience, the ambience. Yeah, it's hard. It's really busy, and um, it's not for everyone. But I'm a workaholic, so it yeah. suits me really well. Yeah. So yeah, and the the great thing about it is you're in a marketing team, and as much as people think that you can't change your career, everybody does at some yeah. point in their life. And you know, I'm currently in digital, and Loz is in buying. But who's to say that we won't branch out into maybe a broader scope of work or change direction in our careers? And once you're in a marketing team, there's so many facets that you can go into. And if you're working, if you want to stay in the same company and shift like department, it is possible to do. Yeah, without a doubt. I definitely don't see myself working in digital 
forever. I think that I fell into digital by working in social media in the beginning. And whilst I'm passionate about it now, I can't see myself being passionate about it forever. Um, not in the like scope of way that I'm doing it at the moment anyway. And I but know it that change so much. That's anyway. exactly right. Yeah. And I know that if I want to have a family, digital is so fast paced, it's probably not something that I can stay in forever. Yeah. So therefore I'm probably going to do a shift in the next couple of years of my career. Yeah. So. I completely agree. I don't think that um, I will be a buyer forever. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be in some form of beauty, you know, retail side. Yeah. Probably forever or even brand side. Mm. But um, I... I wouldn't bet that I would be in merchandise. Forever. I'd love for this podcast to like become my career. Oh my god! But I think that that's probably not realistic. Yeah. So I think for me, probably not. I will end up. I'd like to end up either back in beauty or in like a profit for purpose environment because whilst I love caring about what I do, like I get really involved in like what I'm doing, like where whatever I do in my life, I throw myself like fully into yeah. it. And so I think profit for purpose is that perfect balance of like working in a corporate environment but doing good doing it or i think there's so many more businesses that are moving that way as well so there's so much opportunity yeah in like a corporate social responsibility role within a larger organization to like do that bit of it that does good like that's where i want to go i think yeah yeah for Mm -hmm. sure i would like to be in education yeah whether it's beauty education beauty education yeah i think beauty education whether it's uh like brand focused or like I'd fucking love to work in a TAFE yeah you'd be amazing but the thing is like I would be good at that because it's literally what I've studied and what I've done my whole life and I am a like in-store trainer at the moment and I get great feedback but like I don't have any proof that I'm any good at it so it'll probably never happen um otherwise uh, I'm literally just fingers crossed that one of you guys or one of my friends in beauty will get a sick job and then I'll just like weasel in and do another fucking job underneath them. Love. <laughs> what a great way to be. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm writing on fingers crossed. for that too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed Laws does something great. Okay, great. So I can't leave until I find a really amazing job. That gets us can, jobs. Yeah, where I can yeah. also have like two hours out of the middle of the day to like go home and like foster dogs and like walk dogs and yes. like have a bit of chill and like also have enough time off on like a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday to like do freelance because I do love my freelance. Do you know how much so. I would hate you both if I both got you jobs wherever I was and working and then did. that's what you were doing yeah. and I was like, I started at 7am today and my calls finish at 9.30. Yeah, see, I'd <laughs> I'm like exhausted. start at like 5am but I just want to be out of there by 4. You know? Yeah. All right, let's move on. We've talked about this for too long. We have. What's your Macca's order? Go, go, go. Go. First, Lisa. Oh Cheeseburger with a steamed bun. Love. Extra pickles, no onion. Mm-hmm. Steamed bun. Yeah. If you've not tried a steamed bun on a cheeseburger, at least made me do it once. It's like the fillet of fish bun. They just microwave it so it goes really doughy. So it's a sorry, a medium cheeseburger meal with a steamed bun, no onions, extra pickles. Yep. Um, six nuggets with sweet and sour sauce and frozen cocos drink. It's funny because mine is the same but opposite in that I go a medium six nugget meal always (laughs) um, with barbecue sauce or barbecue and sweet and sour. Someone once said to me that sweet and sour sauce tastes like apricots, <gasps> and I cannot eat it on its own anymore because it tastes like apricot syrup. I could it eat it like on bread. Chicken. I love it. Yes. I love it so it's much. It's really bad for me. I literally get, like, instant tummy gurgles. Yeah. From, Do like, you? one lick of sweet, sweet and sour, sour sauce. Oh, my God. I love and it. And then I will go either, like, a little chicken and cheese. I used to like the, um, like, I don't remember what it was called, chicken and mayo. Oh my god, that was good because it was a, like a mini McChicken on a cheeseburger bun with lettuce. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, or I just go a cheeseburger. Yeah. Because 
six nuggets is not enough on its own. No. No. Sometimes I'll get Big Mac sauce to dip my nuggets in as well. Yum. Oh my God. Well, mine's a cheese. I never have McDonald's, so I'm trying to think what I order when I'm really, really, really drunk. Um, <laughs> it's a cheeseburger meal. I take the pickles out, but I don't order them without the pickles. I yeah, usually just hand them to off me. to a friend because yeah. friends fucking love pickles and yeah. I don't know why. I ate your pickles at Alex's hens. Yes, you did eat my pickles at Alex's hens. <laughs> I get a Diet Coke usually, but if I'm being really bad, I love a strawberry thick shake. Oh. It's the best thing in the entire world. Adrian I, loves a thick shake oh too. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, I love some nuggets, sweet and sour sauce only, and McFlurry. You get M&M McFlurry with caramel sauce in it. Yum. 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 Love that. Woo, I really want now Macca's I really want now. Macca's. I don't want Dark <laughs> dinner anymore. Just quickly, Steph asked Alex, are you and Adrian still trying natural deodorants? The answer is no. We tried very hard to push through that, that barrier of like not smelling anymore, but I felt that the smell never went away and no one ever told me that I was smelly, but like deep down, I knew that I smelled. So therefore I stopped and I've gone back to regular roll and deodorant and I'm not regretting my decision. Did you actually smell though? Because I use regular deodorant and like one of my biggest fears in life is I think that I smell all the time and I'm really self-conscious about it. I definitely stank. I wasn't imagining the smell. Adrian had said to me, I smelled. So therefore I smelled. (laughs) I've got, when did you first get into beauty? Yeah. Like, let's do what's your first beauty like memory. Maybe not first beauty memory, because I feel like that's not necessarily when you got into beauty. Because my first beauty memory was my mum used to buy Estee Lauder lipsticks and I used to eat them as a child. And I can oh still God. remember the taste. <laughs> what about you know, the first moment where you realised you love it? I, I've got, like, a first kind of lipstick eating mm-hmm. memory. I've got, like, three memories where I remember, like, beauty things. Mm-hmm. One is... I remember saving up all my pocket money and buying like a bourgeois blush for my mum when I was like four because I saw that she liked it in boots were in the UK and that was what I got for her. And yep. I'm like, that is so me, like mm. buying beauty at the age of four. Yeah. And it was a present that I'd seen my mum like. Yeah. And like just so weird and just it's exactly all your me. colliding. Yeah. <laughs> the other one is I was probably similar age, four, five, six maybe, and I was at the Glen and I was in the beauty department and I think my sisters were like shopping or mum was shopping and they all turned around and I hate to think of it now because I hate these kids but I was there giving myself like full makeover and I remember thinking I looked hot shit and then my mum turned around and went oh god what have you done and my sisters laughed at me and I cried and I I think that's the only time that like I was so upset and inconsolable that I remember mum took me home like I had to go to the car because I was just like a pain to be like I was just like crying so Makeup artist from a young age thought I looked hot shit and looked really sad. And then I remember <laughs> school concerts. I never did dancing or anything or gymnastics or anything like that because I'm a third child and my mum's a tomboy and she was over it. But I remember school concerts. Like I explicitly remember being in mum's bathroom and like yeah. putting makeup on for the concert and yeah. like feeling like, oh my God, this is so fun. And my mum never wore makeup really as I was growing up. No. And I had older sisters, but they were way over and knew the way older and neither of them were that into makeup mm. but like every little taste of makeup that I got I was obsessed with and I remember reading like Dolly magazine and stuff when I was younger like my sister's Dolly and you know how they have like the blobs of nail polish yeah like, yeah the shattered eyeshadow and I remember being like that's what I want my job to be I want to be the one that like scans in <laughs> the like dollops of makeup for the beauty pages <laughs> that was like my dream like I loved the texture yeah what a random thing that's to want to so do yeah random. like who does that the graphic designers I don't know but that's what I wanted to do mm. 
at like so cool. nine. You knew very early on that you liked beauty. But then it like kind of faded away and like yeah. didn't wear that much But makeup. then you randomly did a makeup artist degree like. I know. So there was something always in you. Yeah. yeah. It was always meant to be. Loz, what did you? My mum also is a massive tomboy. Mm. I'm we bonded the... over this when we first yeah, met. Yeah, this, it's true because we were the youngest and our mums were tomboys and yeah. And you've got two brothers. And I have two brothers. So I have two older brothers. My mum is a tomboy. She never wore makeup. I'm very different to my entire family. I used to be, I used to love to paint and draw. And then Mm. I think that makeup kind of was just like a natural progression Mm. for me. So I think that maybe when I was around 16 is when I really started to get into it. And I think the first time when I really realized how much I loved it is I had a birthday party that I was going to. It was a dress up theme and I was going as a can-can dancer. And Of of course. And I was like searching for like, YouTube videos and tutorials and this is so unlike me wow. yeah to like figure out how to do it and what yeah. I should do and like how I could do like really cool things mm-hmm. and I ended up on Makeup Geek and I was yeah. like watching tutorials by her for like ever Marlena and then, yeah and then I did this like really probably not amazing in hindsight <laughs> but I thought it was like crush hot amazing like smoky eye thing and I that was it like I was obsessed from wow. there I became as an older teen when my like actual obsession and what made me do like makeup course and everything i was a very early adopter of youtube and i was watching pixie boo like mm. when yeah. they were filming on a webcam and one of them was pregnant still like mm. oh my god oh, her kids are like in school yeah, yeah like was, high school was, yeah she was still pregnant i think nick was pregnant not sam but nick oh, yeah, was, was pregnant. Like, Sam's kids are like old. um and i found tanya burr and i found a couple of other really like yeah old school and I used to binge them and I used to I've watched every single Pixie Wood video like every single one I fully binged and then I would like buy all the bits whenever dad would go overseas I'd get them duty free and I'd like to my friends and then I was like oh this is awesome me too I loved the old school like I loved Pixie Wood I loved Lisa Eldridge it's why I really don't like influencers now because I got into they're so different and they're not qualified I'm sorry but these are phenomenal makeup artists I I agree and I disagree. I got in at first wave of influences. I was obsessed with Samantha and the whole Battle Ash crew. Like, mm. I watched that, like, I that formation yeah, emerge and Jaclyn Hill. And though they were no. both makeup artists. Samantha could do, like, um, Battle Ash was, like, they did special effects. Yeah. Like, I was very into, like, that side of things. And then I yeah. guess I rode the influencer wave, like, as it sort of came. Yeah. But my first memory of beauty... Not my first memory. Um, when I was probably in year seven... I bought my very first, like, BB cream slash tinted moisturizer from Priceline. And that was, like, a defining moment for me because I used to not like my freckles and I realized that I could cover my freckles. And for me, that was, like, a really big thing because I was like, look how good I look without freckles. Anyway, so that was... That was like a moment that stuck out for me. And the reason I probably really got into beauty was that my best friend's mum, when I was early on in high school, she um, had her kids really young. So she was like, I think 18 when she had her first kid and there was three of them. So by the time we were in high school, she was like late thirties and like wanted to go out clubbing and all of her friends were gay. And so she was going out gay clubbing and they were all into makeup and she had a really great makeup collection. She had done a Mac artistry course Mm. she'd go to all the mac masterclasses on like chapel street yeah and every christmas like she'd buy my best friend like the mac limited edition christmas like collections that came out and she used to do our makeup occasionally so like if we ever wanted to look cute and go to like an underage she would do our makeup so So fun yeah and i remember like black coal liner everywhere and and i remember (laughs) everyone being like 
look how blue your eyes look, yes. Alex. Oh my God. And I think that like eyeliner is what tipped me over into yeah. like being beauty obsessed because I was like, I can make my eyes look really blue. Everyone talks about it. Yeah. This is what I want to no do. No one's looking at my freckles. They're looking at my eyes. Yeah. And then I went like full into eyeliner territory yes. for years. Like you I did. remember going to school and the male teachers, I'd be like walking and I'd try and like look down and hide my face. And the male teachers were like, you've got eyeliner on. And I was like, no, no, and like run away. <laughs> um, so oh yeah, God. I feel like that's... Eyeliner is your gateway drug. It was. Mine was looking for a matte bronzer. And my sister, who is like so not cool. Sorry, Kirsty, but she's not really like up with things <laughs> normally. She... It was easier to be up with yeah, things Yeah, she, then. when there was just a Mecca Cosmetica at... Chudston, I think, like before one even opened at Doncaster, was in there and had a NARS Laguna bronzer and I used to go in and steal it. Um, and then like there were so not many Meccas around. I think one of her friends got her into it. I think her friend Loz got her into it. And yeah. Loz still shops with me today and it's just the best. Like, so we're like, oh, what's this? What is this cool? Um, I used to go in and steal it. And then I was on this mission of like, this bronzer's like quite matte. Like it doesn't look shimmery. And I used to go around and be like, where's a matte bronzer? I'd be in David mm. Jones. They'd be like, here, try this like Nacia bronzer. I'd be like, no, it's too shimmery. And for like two years in my like teenage years, I was like, where is a matte bronzer? I just want to be brown. I just want to paint my face brown. <laughs> and then I think mum was like, let's go get you that fucking NARS bronzer. And I went to Mecca Cosmetica in Doncaster. And all the girls there, after that, they knew me by name. I used to go in every Thursday night after mum would pick me up from school oh, and then, like, do little makeovers on me, oh. and they just made me hooked. So I went from, like, putting Garnier BB cream from the supermarket on yep. secretly behind my mum's back to, like... Being obsessed. To being obsessed and having it applied and being educated, like, perfectly about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. My mum didn't really wear makeup, but when she did, it was nice makeup. So my first mm. foundation was foundation that I'd taken from her, and it was Lancome. Yeah. So I went straight into that, and we then did from the there, I, I did, went straight up. I used to steal my mum's Lancome makeup as well, and she was always like, stop stealing my foundation! Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> and I'd be no. like, you never use it! Yeah, me too! <laughs> mum never used it. Like, she's probably still got the same foundation that I used to steal ten years ago. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's off. This needs to be thrown out. And they just don't quite grasp the concept. All right. Let's wrap this up with Mm -hmm. one last question, which is why does Lisa have the cutest and most goodest pup? (laughs) And is that from Ella? Yes. And I think that we need to talk about our dogs very quickly. They are part of our identity. And they are part of our identity. And just like touch on them because they will feature from time to time. You will hear them. And yes, please tell us about your goodest pup. She Um, is very good. She is. good. My dog is Watson. She is two and a half. I think she's two and a half. She's a female. Her name is Watson. She's named after Lucy Lou from Elementary. Sherlock. Yeah. We mm. were going to adopt another dog at Sherlock, called Sherlock at the time. It made sense. All right. Uh, she's a rescue dog. She is a coolie cross. A coolie is an Australian dog. It's kind of like a Border Collie, kind of like a Kelpie, but no, it's not a mix of both. That is false. Mm. <laughs> um, and she's a trained therapy dog, so she's a good girl, but she's a psycho and she's a lot of work. And I say on a daily basis that if I wasn't her owner, she'd probably be back at the pound because probably, she's yeah. a lot of work. But mm. now she's a really good girl and she's really clever and she knows lots of tricks and she's beautiful. Working dogs are only for people who can dedicate a lot of time to them. Yeah. yeah. And literally talking of my dog and talking about my career path and the, like... Mm. It, I pretty much do what I do because, like, I need to exercise my dog a lot. And, yeah, like, it's be true. Home it. Like, I couldn't, I could not work like a eight a.m. till night. I couldn't work your hours, Loz. No. I couldn't. I'd have Which to put my dog. Why I can't have a dog? Yeah, yeah, I'd have to put my dog in daycare every single day. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, she pretty much my life revolves around her. She's my only child. Um. But she's fabulous and I love her and she is what started my like true obsession with dogs and fostering yeah so thanks Watson she's the best she's saved so many puppies she has 
We're up to number 10. Do you want to talk about your dog? My dog. Oh, <laughs> so sad. I had the best dog in the entire world. Her name was Zoe. She was a black Labrador. And she, she was a hundred. She, she was. <laughs> she, in people years and dog years. Yeah. <laughs> she was such a trooper. She was the best dog in the entire world. She felt like she was old forever. And she mm. probably was because she passed away at 17 and a half. Which is so fucking old. Which is so old. For especially a for a lab. And she waited until I could come back to see her. Oh, don't. Yeah. So I came back from my cousin's wedding and she was still oh around. <laughs> Lisa cries at everything and she's already crying. And you Stop crying. Cry. <laughs> she passed away on the flight back home. Stop. I hate you so much for making me cry. This is so weird. This is so weird. Tell us about toast. Oh my god, we don't deserve dogs. <laughs> another dog in my life and it's my dad's dog not as good as zoe i love him but he'll never be the same he's also a lab he's a chocolate lab he's also a chunky chocolate lab he's a chunky chocolate lab he's huge he's a big boy big boy so, was 100 years old he's 100 kilos <laughs> so when these guys met him they were like he's so fat and i was like Yes, he is quite fat and he's lost weight now. He's looking so, so, so much better. But he's the biggest he Labrador you've like ever seen. He was a ribeye steak a day. <laughs> he wasn't. Oh, he he had a shank a day and he had like oats and an egg and like it was just, he was so high maintenance. Oh. He's a lot better. I love him. Not as much as I loved Zoe, but yeah, he's my dad's dog. Okay, tell us quickly about Toast and then we can stop crying. <laughs> um, so Toast is my dog. She's an Australian Shepherd. She's a girl, even though her name is Toast. She's three. She doesn't like children very much. Um, she's so beautiful. She's very lovely and smoochy and cuddly. But again, working dogs are a lot of hard work. She requires two walks a day. She requires constant training. And she's also a little bitch who um, likes to test us all the time. Mm -hmm. Just when you think that you got a handle on these working dogs, they mm -hmm. decide that they're going to pick up a new fun trick. Yeah. Like my dog is more, I think my dog's more sight, like more high energy. Like yeah. you could maybe not walk toast and she'd be okay. Like yeah. it wouldn't happen. But toast likes to like randomly eat shit. Whereas like Watson, we can leave inside all yeah. day. She would never go to the toilet. She would never chew anything. She it's would never true. destroy anything. So we're well, very consistent. Yes, very consistent. Always high maintenance, but very consistent. Yeah, whereas Toast like will be totally fine. And then the other day I got home and she'd which she's never touched in three years, she got her food container and she took it off the top of the washing machine and decided that she was going to chew up the plastic all over the back garden. And I was like, why, what? bitch? Like, why? just they just do random shit like that because they, they get like a tick where they need to like expel all of their energy. And if you're not there to help them do that, they will take it out on whatever's nearest by. Yes. Anyway, Toast is an angel and we love her very yeah. much and she's very fluffy. And Much to our dismay, our dogs do not get along. No, no. they're both bitches and they both yeah. they just don't. They they've like got them. along before in the past. One but time. <laughs> One day. In, One time. In general, they snarl at each other. Yeah. I do want to also mention that obviously I work for guide dogs yes. and I have a lot of labs in my life. Mm. And I'm so jealous. So my life is covered in dog hair. <laughs> I wish my life was covered in dog hair. Little sprinklings of love. Yeah. All right, let's so, end it here. 
Thanks, guys. We hope Thanks, that listening. you... It's been an emotional rollercoaster. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys feel like you know us a little bit better now. That was fun. I feel that like was fun. I kind of know you guys better, even though I already knew your life stories. It I was... feel like we just don't talk about these things very often. Yeah. No. We'll answer your other questions that were more beauty-related in future Lacrosse to come. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.